what it is, yo. What's up? It's Real Talk Sports. And we're right here watching the PGA Championship. And we're watching Tiger. Looks like he's about to fall apart. He just bogeyed. Is the 14th that he bogeyed on? 14. And the leaders are at 14 under. He's at 12 under at this moment. He had a big, was it a big birdie? That was a back-to-back birdies. Back-to-back birdies. Yeah. And that kind of got us pumped, thinking uh, he was back. But we're going to delay the beginning of this pod for just a moment while we watch the wrap, watch them wrap up the back nine of the PGA Championship. So we got a birdie on the 15th for Tiger. Tiger's 13 under, one behind the lead now. He's on fire! Not really, but he's bringing it, man. Three birdies in the last four holes. Take away the bogey. Adam Scott, you better get it together, homie. Bro, if you just take away that bogey where it rimmed out. That'd be a different story. be a different story. Or the other pot where it was like, centimeters from going in for a birdie as well I mean yeah that was a nice one that was such a nice shot Looks like you know, me up there. okay alright so we're looking at Tiger wrap up the back nine and it's a little disappointing that he didn't he, he t- couldn't come through on the 100th annual PGA Championship. But, Seaway, what are your thoughts on his back now? He kind of fell apart. Um, the leader, he's definitely just stayed consistent. Made a couple more birdies here. I mean, Tiger would have had to play exceptional golf to even have a chance, so it is what it is. But, he's played well. Good to see Tiger back. Yeah, man. He, he definitely brings a whole new audience. Uh, me being included to uh, why is that to the, to the TV set because I like a redemption story, a comeback story, man. After all he's gone through, and I also just like whenever there's a, a horse in contention for a triple crown, I want to see it happen because so I want to be able to say I witnessed that kind of history. Um, I this okay, he birdie on the 18. This pump, yeah. Maybe, maybe the two people fall apart, or at least the one person fall apart. Adam Scott can just stay where he's at. They still got the 16th, 17th, and 18th, I think, to go. Right. So yeah, I mean, what is it? They got they're on the par five right now, and then yeah. they got a par four and a par four, a par three and a par four. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. We can see. No. Par five. Yeah, three. Five, oh, okay, four. they're on 17. So yeah, we need them to fall apart in the next two holes. Alright, we'll keep our eyes on it, but starting out, we're about to get into the pod. What's good, man? Not much, man. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Alright, so uh, we're going to kick this podcast off. Oh, this is Cam, by the way, everybody. Uh, We're going to kick this off with the buy, sell, and the rookie QB. You ready for this, man? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to lead off with Baker Mayfield, the number one pick. Are you buying or selling on Baker Mayfield? Um, He looks good, man. I'm I'm probably going to buy Baker. I don't think he's going to be 
a great quarterback in the league, but I think he'll be a solid quarterback. Um, Browns offense, they, they got some weapons. And, I mean, his first game, he played pretty well. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree uh, going to left 20, uh, 212 yards and two TDs. And he, he made some great throws. All right, so now we're going to go down to Josh Allen, man. I think you like Josh Allen. You're buying a sell on Josh Allen with the Bills. Oh, buy Josh Allen. I think he looks he looks good, man. He's got a pretty NFL ready arm. Um, first game again, he looked decent. It wasn't great, nothing exceptional, but he he had a couple good bombs. Um, I just think he looks the most NFL caliber arm. All right, I'm gonna have to sell on Josh Allen. I mean, he has all the tools, but I just don't think he makes his teammates better. Um. There's only so much you can do as a quarterback to understand, but you are supposed to be able to rally the troops and get them ready. Um, so now we're going to move on to Lamar Jackson. You buy or sell Lamar Jackson? I'm buying Lamar Jackson. Back to Josh Allen, though. I mean, you can't help teammates that drop the ball for you, man. But back to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm buying Lamar Jackson as well. I mean, he looked good. Um, it, nothing exceptional. Again, I think he was, what, 7 for 18? Um, he ran the ball well. Uh, I wish he'd get down more. Um, he took a few hits. He can't really do that throughout the entire career. But yeah, I mean, he looked good. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could hold. But uh, I'm gonna say I'm buying Lamar Jackson at this point. Um, he is definitely the quarterback of the future. Um, he's not. He's he's not a stranger to being in a complicated offense, which I do like, because with Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino, he was a he was a pretty much a field general in an offense, and he could run when he needed to to, get, to extend plays. And you saw that a little bit in preseason, in the second game of preseason. All right, so now we're going to go down to Josh Rosen. You uh you buying or selling Josh Rosen? I'm selling on Josh Rosen. Um, I, I know you think he's in the best spot, and he probably is in the best spot for a rookie QB, but he just didn't look. I mean, again, it was one game, but he didn't look really NFL ready. He looked like the most rookie-ish out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely selling on Rosen. All right, I'm gonna, um, I'm still gonna buy on Josh Rosen just because uh, he is in the best situation. I don't want to go back on what I said earlier in earlier episodes, and I really want to um, see him because he he does have the best running back of the uh, quarterbacks that are of the first-round quarterbacks, and he does also have pretty good, mature wide receivers, which will help him grow a whole lot. So now we're going to buy or sell on Sam Darnold. What do you think about Sam Darnold? Um, I mean, he looked all right. I, I don't, I'm selling Sam Darnold as well. Um, he plays for the Jets. I mean, I just don't see him doing much anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he looked like he could be a starter. But again, I'm I'm just gonna sell on him. Uh, he made a few mistakes, um, some bad throws. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna sell that one as well. I'm gonna buy Sam Darnold. He's gonna end up being you know, one of the better of the three. He's gonna be. It's hard to say of the of the four or five uh, first rounders. It's hard to say where he's gonna fall. But I do like him a lot. He's gonna be the best early on. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, he played well in his first game. He was, you know, what, 13 of 18? Right. Yeah, yeah, he he did well, but uh, I it's preseason still. I'm just judging off what I saw 
13 of 18 for not many yards. So, yeah, well, that's probably a lot to have to do with the system. Exactly. All right, man. So I just want to touch on this a little bit. Let's talk about Cam Newton and Kelvin Benjamin. So Benjamin come out and say drafted to a different team with a smarter, more accurate quarterback. And then Cam Newton approached him about it and asked him if he was about that business. And uh, it looked like Kelvin Benjamin didn't want any of it. So do you think uh, Kelvin Benjamin was out of line for saying that on wax about Cam Newton not being a student of the game, not being an accurate quarterback? Uh, yeah, I do think he was out of line. Um, Cam's actually a pretty accurate quarterback. Um, I think he gets a little – he gets knocked for that just because – I mean, he has some bad throws, but, I mean, who doesn't? But uh, he, he runs so much that, you know, nobody thinks of him as a true passer for sure. Um, also, I think who was it? Like Shannon Sharp said, Calvin came in, you know, camp way overweight. You know, their timing's probably not there with Calvin Benjamin. Um, he also got hurt. So, I mean, I just think he was out of line, kind of a little feeling pity for himself. I don't know. I think Cam should have gave him that work, but whatever. No, nah, man, Cam is a role model. I don't think he's going to be doing that anytime soon. So, now, I do believe that Kelba Benjamin was out of line for saying that as well because – Cam Newton considered him a best friend when they were together, when they were on the same team. And it, it wasn't like they had, like, a bad breakup. You know what I mean? So, yeah. for him to say that was just really out of pocket. But does he not know the quarterbacks that he has with the Bills? If he thought Cam Newton wasn't accurate, imagine trying to catch the ball from Nathan Peterman, uh, A.J. McCarron, Josh Allen. So it, he was really out of line for saying something like that about uh, Cam Newton, who won an MVP without him. So it, it kind of makes you think, was he the problem the whole time with Carolina? Um, I mean, he could have been. He, he's definitely all about himself. Um, I guess there was something else where he like liked a video or commented on a video um, mm-hmm. about Nathan Peterman. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I think he's just out of line um, if he's really trying to – agree or say that Nathan Peterman's an accurate thrower of the ball, which is, what I guess, what the video was saying. Right. Uh, compared to Cam Newton, if, if you want Nathan Peterman as your quarterback instead of Cam Newton, I mean, I, I guess that's your career choice, man. <laughs> All right, so we're going to switch lanes, man. We're going to talk about Tiger Woods a little bit, man. You cool with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, we, we, did, we were able to watch the, the end of the PGA championship and we were talking about him catching Jack Nicholas for the 18 major championships at one point we thought he would blow this guy out as far as uh, his numbers would be untouchable but now it's looking like he may not even win four more to tie him do you see or you feel like Tiger's young enough right now to catch Jack Nicholas in majors uh yeah I mean I still feel like he is I think he's getting back it's taken a long time but um, I, th- I think he's getting back to his groove. Um, even today, he could have got one today. Um, he was second. And to be honest, there were two putts in that round. One rimmed out. I think he got a bogey. Um, so that would have been 15 under. And then one, literally, the ball just looked like it died 
um, you know, an inch from the hole, if not, if, if even an inch, to be honest, it was sitting on the cusp. So he would have been 16 under there for a playoff. Um, just, you know, if a slight difference. So, I mean, I, again, you can go to the leader or anybody else on the tournament and find where they could have, you know, made up for it too. But just those two holes down the stretch, you know, are pretty crucial. And he's still right there at second. So you've been on the green before, and I'm sure you've um, overhit on a putt before. Is that is that a mental thing or is it a physical thing when it comes to putting? Um, to be honest, with them, I mean, it's, it's probably more mental. Uh, just with playing four rounds, uh, they get to see the green so much. You know, it's a little different than just going out to play a pickup game. Mm-hmm. Um, so with seeing the, seeing the green so much, they, they kind of know no matter where they're at on the green, what line they're going to need and how fast the greens are running that week. Um, so, I mean, it's mental, but again, his putts, they weren't like over. It was almost too short. So if he would have trusted his line, you know, I, I think he would have actually done a little better. The overhit was the rim out, which is fine. Um, you know, just, it was a little off center of the hole. Um, but then the under hit, if he would have just trusted his line and hit it a little harder. Um, I mean, that would have been a birdie for sure on it. I don't remember what hole it was. It was back nine, but I mean, his putting looks good. I mean, that's where he really, he, you know, a long time ago when people thought he was just going to shatter all the records, he killed you on par fives just because he could drive so far. Mm-hmm. And then his putting was just outrageous. Um, if he can just get his putting back, which, I mean, it looked good. Uh, he could he could definitely at least get the four, if not be pretty close. I don't see him shattering records anymore like he was once projected to. Right. So what's a, what's a realistic major count for him then? If you don't see him just completely shattering a record, uh, with fifteen, I mean fifteen, sixteen, and if he, that's if he's not catching him, and if he's catching him, I think twenty is is realistic. I mean, he's got a long time; he can still play. I I could see him, you know, regarding injuries or anything like that. I could see him getting, you know, maybe eighteen. I I think once he gets eighteen, um, he he would definitely want to play for that nineteenth. So I'll say Tiger gets nineteen, which is probably most people's not not most people's opinion, but I'm kind of biased. I want to see him get it, so yeah. I'd like to see him see him get five more. Yeah, I definitely agree. I would like to witness that kind of history with my own two eyes. Now, because golf is not a sport that you age, you see regression as you age as quickly. So I feel like I feel like he could definitely attain eighteen, but I don't know if he's getting like what I don't know what's driving him at this point is is catching Jack what drives him or is just being out there on the course like just because that's what he's known his whole life that's what is he doing is because he's going through the motions or is he really trying to catch Jack Nicholas what do you think? I don't think he's really just trying to catch Jack either. Um, I I don't think he's just going through the motions of playing either. Um, I really think he's just, you know, was the greatest in the world for so long by, you know, a margin that you hadn't really seen before. Um, I think that's what drives him to be the best in the world again. And if he happens to win the four or five more majors, you know, that's that would be great. But I think he just wants to be the best in the world and be as dominant at golf as he once was. 
Okay, okay. See, I, I definitely think um, – I think that he'll never be the number one player in the world again. I just don't think – because what I'm seeing in the back nine whenever he's in contention, it's almost like he just falls apart mentally. Um, but it could very well just be the way that the, the green run um, – like what was it? Was it a par five that he was he was out of the fairway? Yeah, he completely just uh, jacked a tee shot. Yes, that um, lack of focus is what makes me think it was between the ears. He, like the pressure is getting to him because everybody wants to see him win. Uh, he knows people want to see him win, and he knows that he wants to. He knows that he needs to win. So I just feel like this is a a combination of factors that pretty much mentally breaks him. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that, but also I think he knew he was, you know, behind on the lead. Um, it was a par five. I think he was just trying to do too much with his tee shot mm-hmm. instead of just kind of playing the game. I, you know, you could obviously he rips into every tee shot, but he you could tell he was like trying to make the shot to set him up to, you know, maybe even get a birdie if I mean a eagle if not a birdie, um, and just kind of you know sent it off the fairway luckily it wasn't a two-stroke penalty or anything because it was yeah. right by the little creek but i mean i don't know I, th- I think his game's progressively gotten better as the whole situation came out and he kind of completely fell off i think he's kind of slowly gotten back to a normal life and his game's kind of coming with that yeah because he, he like has a one girlfriend now so he's he's getting back to normal <laughs> just, just the one <laughs> that's what we think well, I, I definitely appreciate you for coming on, Cam, and uh, for another episode of Sea Wake Takes. Are there any no. parting words you like to make, man, or any suggestions you want people to call in about? Uh, no, nah, I mean Cam Newton still should have gave him the hands, but other than that, uh, <laughs> you know, that's about it. Man, I appreciate you for coming through once again, bro. And uh, as always, y'all call in, leave us some feedback on what you guys think, and uh, we're gonna dip on y'all. Peace. Peace. As always, I want to thank y'all for checking out the pod, man. I wouldn't do it without, I probably would, because I remember back when I was getting no listeners, I was still doing it. But I do appreciate y'all for coming through. Always leave a voicemail, 769-242-1615. Let me know what you think. Let me know where your head is. Give me your predictions for the NFC West, the AFC West, because me and Mike have that coming up on another episode of Mike'd Up this week. So I'm looking forward to uh, dropping some more content for y'all. And as always, man, I appreciate y'all for listening.